and welcome to the Art of Score podcast. This is our combine review. We're also going to talk over um, some uh, cap seller cap stuff, what teams have uh, big cap room and what are some of their major needs and how it relates to your fantasy football team. I am Ron Brown, accompanied by Tim Brown. Buenos dias. And uh, Mike Forty. Mad respect for you, Egon. Yeah, Harold Ramis died a couple days ago, and we're a big fan of all his movies. Stripes, Ghostbusters, Groundhog's Day, Caddyshack, the list goes on. He was tremendous. He was uh, awesome. And we're bummed out. We're bummed out. We are a little bummed out. So what better way to cheer us up than to talk some football, even when there's no football going <laughs> Exactly. Uh, Combine just finished. It's the 27th of February. Uh, follow us at uh, artofscore.wordpress.com. Um, follow us on Twitter, Art of Score, and uh, Art of Score on Facebook. Uh, be friends with us. You know, hit us up now while you have your questions. I'm um, going to be doing a little more, uh, redesigning the site. You know, adding some more things, trying to have a little more content that we did last year. It was our first time doing it, so I think we learned a little bit of what to do and what not to do throughout the season. So um, we're looking for uh, bigger and better things. And we're going to be looking, uh, speaking for me personally, uh, trying to be more interactive. Uh, and compulsory <laughs> to your questions. I'm going to be hitting up people that I know in person for real life examples of fantasy incidents and management and stuff like that. Absolutely. And I will start. Uh, this time of year. Go ahead, Mike. <laughs> I was just to say, uh, this time of year, it's more uh, more dynasty driven. You know, if you're a football Keepers, fan, in, yeah. if you're a football fan in general, you're going to follow all this stuff. But keeper leagues and dynasty leagues right now are the swing. They're kind of like on the upswing right now. Some teams will draft right after the NFL draft and that kind of stuff. But um, in general, we want to be here all year for you. So we're gonna, I'm going to come to your house and ask <laughs> questions about fantasy. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, you know, it's, it's this time of the year is always, you know, like weird. It's the off season. It's always kind of odd, I think, in terms of, uh, you know, what do you do for fantasy and just trying to figure out what's – what you know, what should I – you know, what should I pay attention to? What should I look for? You know, what does a combine mean? What does it mean? I mean, we know what it means in general, you know, NFL draft, but in, in terms of fantasy, it's one of those in dynasty it's one of those big tractors leagues. that cuts up wheat and corn and stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> well, interesting story. So the NFL combine, right? And, and I forgot who who told told me this or, or where I read it, and I might have heard it on the radio. But I might have dreamt it. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. It actually happened. I swear. So the NFL Combine, they call it the Combine because back, I think it was in the late 70s, they had two different scouting scouting things, and they weren't called the Combine. It was called the Combine because they combined the East Coast one and the West Coast one. So it's the (laughs) scouting combine, and now they call it the Combine like it's harvesting wheat. And that's how the story of the NFL Combine came to be. uh, thank you, Mr. Peabody. <laughs> everybody's uh, thank you, Mr. Wizard. Everybody's thirst, <laughs> their uh, thirst for knowledge has been quenched. So, um, so Mike, what do you? How do you see this in terms of uh, dynasty purposes? I think you know. So, there's two types of ways that the, com- the combine can influence dynasty leagues and then redraft leagues. Is it the one is if you're in a dynasty league? I think Ron, Tim, and I play in a dynasty league that's a little a traditional in the sense that we. We like to kind of baby some of our owners, and we don't hold our rookie draft for the incoming dynasty year until most of the preseason has been played. But there are a lot, if not the majority, of dynasty leagues that will draft their players 
uh, right after the NFL draft. Yeah. So at that point in a player's career, you only have so many pieces of information on them. You don't have a preseason to see how they look with their new team. You only have their college production and the combine results and maybe a pro day. And what team they went to. Right. And the, and the, and yeah. the knowledge of what system they might be going into. None, you know. But what's fascinating to me is that if you're smart, you're only going to use combine results and things of that nature and, co- and even college production to some degree as part of the story. You're not going to use it as a deciding factor. Um, everything kind of gets put together. Life is like that. You know, the player is not the sum of one thing. He, he's not going to – he might have had a bad day on combine day. You know, there's so many factors yeah. in the combine results. So you- um, it just kind of – it just kind of gives you a little bit of color, I guess, to, yeah, to the and perception of guys. How I, you know, kind of see it, and I, you know, I've heard a lot of the, um, you know, GMs and you know, analysts talk about it. It's really just to prove what they saw on tape. So if you saw the guy playing fast on tape and he runs a fast forty, general consensus is he's a fast guy. If he ran a fast forty and he doesn't play fast on tape, you're like, okay, so maybe he's just a track guy that plays fast and when he gets on the football field he's not as fast and then there's the opposite he runs slow on the combine and his pro day but on the field he looks like jerry rice you know what i mean like he's so i i think i mean the way i understand they do it is really just confirm what they saw on tape or do i need to look back at this guy and see if he plays to his speed yeah or strength or whatever you know what i mean i've heard it described as a uh it's a pass-fail kind of situation. The, the the individual numbers are nice, and I'll go gaga over some of them later because I'm a, I kind of like a metrics. I'm a metrics guy, um, but it doesn't it doesn't really matter how fast they were on that day. But what will happen is if there is an inconsistency, if their college production, like Ron was saying, if their tape is good but their one day performance is bad, how much stock are you going to put on the metrics? You know, if if Johnny Manziel is six foot even. Is, is that a big deal? Does that really affect him or whatever? Well, you knew he was going to be short coming into it, so right. does it matter? I, and, and, but what I'm saying is that so the, 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 the dream situation, and I wrote about this on the blog when I did a little combine preview earlier in the week at uh, artofscore.wordpress.com, is that it, what you hope to have happen is that the tape, the college production, and the 40 times or the combine results, all that stuff put together, they match because good plus good equals good. What right. you don't what you don't know is when you get good combine results, good pro day results in controlled environments, but mediocre college production, what does that mean? Or if you get great college production but mediocre metrics, the guy weighs more than you thought he was gonna weigh, or he runs slower than you thought what does that mean? Those like, are those yeah, are the questions. Like a guy like Don Terry Poe, who didn't look that great in college, his tape was not great, <clears throat> blew it up at the combine, and now he's dominant defense alignment and that's usually not the way it goes but i mean he's guys like that tip the scale and really throw everything off because he's a height weight speed guy and those guys don't always translate to being good football players but obviously he did and there's other guys like that that happen and then there's guys that are and totally flame out remember guys like Tyrone Calico, wide yep. receiver, his dad, he ran like a 4-3 something. Second, second fastest combine uh, in the 40s. He was 6-4. Right he was a wide receiver drafted by the Titans, and he played three years. <laughs> you know what I mean? And he looked like the next Randy Moss. And this is, that's, that's going back about 10 years. But, I mean, there's plenty of guys like that. So, 
It's just hard to remember them because they're not around that long. Exactly. He's just one guy that stuck out in my head because he had a weird name. It's the, it's the Underwear Olympics, as so many people have called it. And if you have a good day, you can make yourself millions of dollars. And if you have a bad day, you could potentially cost yourself. And, and what I also wrote about on the blog is that we only see the science, quote-unquote, of the event. We don't see the mental stuff. One of the most valuable things that the that the teams actually take out of the combine has nothing to do with what the guys do in the shorts. It's what they do in the suits when they interview them one-on-one. So the interviews and the psych tests and all that that they go through, that and matters We don't, as the more. public, we don't have access to that, nor am I saying we should have access to that stuff. But we, so it's, it's so as casual fans, uh, well, I would take that back, as serious fans of the NFL that we are, we don't. Ha- we have casual access. We don't have access. We don't have professional access. So, so as a fan sitting at home on your couch, I would. It's not usually worth it to watch the NFL Combine. If you put it on the background, it's fine. If you want to see a specific player or a specific group of guys, it's not so bad to waste fifteen minutes. No, no, and you know, sir, sir, I think there are some things like you want to see the quarterbacks throw. Why they don't throw, I don't know, because no one really cares if you threw poorly, because everybody knows they're guys you don't know about. But they want to see the ball come out of their hand. You want to see their footwork. You want to see how they've progressed, you know, but, you know, because all these guys go through off-season camps and stuff after they're done with their college days. They want to see, you know, what they've improved on and all these things. I like watching the uh, cornerbacks turn and run. I think that's really important, you know, and then watching uh, running backs go off for pass patterns. Mm -hmm. You know, just show, you know, just like small things like that are good to watch. I mean, offensive line drills. (laughs) Tim, Tim, what do you like about I mean, it? the you, offensive you, line drills? You, you, you played play. offensive line, Tim. You, you probably know more about it. The offensive line drills. I mean, I mean, it's kind of boring. I just like to see their uh, their footwork. It's probably the biggest footwork in their hands. Yeah, that's one of the biggest things for linemen. Is mm-hmm. their footwork in their hands? I mean, they have to have their you know be able to get the defensive lineman's hands off of them. You know, try to get leverage yeah, on absolutely. them, and you know their 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 feet. I mean, they can't let, allow their feet to get out from under them. Otherwise, they're, you know, you're pretty much done, especially if you go against fast pass rushers. Yeah, in the NFL, I mean, that's, you know, you're just getting your ass kicked. And the one thing about – one thing I want to add to the offensive line, one metric that really matters is how long their arms are, like Tim said. Like, long arms matter as an offensive yep. lineman. If you have short, stubby arms, you're going to have a hard time getting – Longer <laughs> arms basically buy you seconds, which is which are important yeah. mm-hmm. <laughs> as a pass blocker. But the, but the, you, know, you have to strike first. I mean, you know, especially as a pass blocker, you have to strike first. If you can strike first, you won a lot of the times because it's such a quick game. That one tiny bit, you know, totally flips the you know one on one match. Oh, especially if you if you uh, try you have defensive uh, ends or defensive linemen for that matter. Um, Doing swim drills or uh, you know swim moves on you or you know just bull run. I mean you have to get those hands on them. I mean if you have short arms, yeah. it's kind of tough because you know you have to get that much closer to them and it's and it's you know it's a it's a lever. And odds thing. are they're hitting you before you're hitting them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so those are some things you know just you know that from watching football for the years that we kind of gotten out of the combine. But there's still a million things that the combine doesn't show, and we know that. And there's plenty of players that or at the Combine, who are going to be NFL players and going to be great NFL players. So we're not saying it's the end all, and there's plenty of guys that are going to flame out. But it's fun to watch. It's good to get an idea of who these guys are. So when you do go to your drafts, you know, even even redraft, you know, you know who the guys are, and you know a little bit about them. You know a little bit more about their story. Because and, here's the thing. it's it's uh, By the time you're in a redraft league and you go, these guys have already been drafted. They've already gone preseason. They've got the hot preseason buzz on them now. 
But it's it's just like anything else. Don't take the state reported story. Don't take the media, you know, as the swells behind these guys. It doesn't take that long to just get a little bit of the entire picture. I like to see how your perceptions about players change over time. I feel one way about this guy going into the combine. He has a combine thing. I feel a little differently about him. He goes, he gets drafted by this team. I have hopes for him. He has a he has a preseason. I now feel this way. That's the total picture. If you're if you're somebody that doesn't want to follow that all the way through, it's not necessarily a bad thing. But it just it, it's it's a little it's a slight you know percentage of an advantage if you can step away from what the media pushes you in fantasy because there's tons of magazines out and tons of websites every year that love a guy that di- that don't take the entire story into consideration. They love a guy in March, in June they're sh- they're shitting on him, or or they love a guy after the first preseason game where he has an 80 yard run for a touchdown, but it's against nobody, and they love him and they push him. So if you understand yeah, the story, and those guys are held, and, and they, they're not held accountable. These guys, so they'll tell you and sell you a bill of goods, and you know they don't care. Because that's what they're paid to draft this guy and they crap out. Yeah, put a bunch of Start crap out. in a magazine, and hopefully you buy into it. And you know they're usually for their websites, Yahoo or you know Roto World, whatever it is. But we can't name more than two. We'll get two. <laughs> <laughs> well, don't name any more. Just, just no, but generic, I mean, and, and a lot of those in in a lot of those guys are good and they know what they're talking about, but they also have to put out articles because they're you know they do it for and, their job. And a lot, so, of, and, but a lot of this stuff, a lot of those magazines are put out like right after the combine. Now they're you know they're they're probably in yeah. printing or whatever, you know, so they don't have a whole lot of. I'm going to tell you this Anything. right now. In the age of the internet, <laughs> it is 2014. There is no need for you to go to the supermarket and buy a magazine. <laughs> you can print out everything you need off but the But I internet. like the color pictures. I don't know. I'm... And the depth chart. I, I'm old school. I like the, I like the magazines. Not that I, I read... No, I, I have to say I read none of the articles about you know all right. their you, little stories and stuff roster like that. compilation yeah you know i do it for you know death death charts and stuff like that just, just i i just like to have a, a kind of a hard copy i yeah. i uh tim i bring a i bring a copy of a of a book that i've never read every year to the draft a magazine that i've never, <laughs> that I've never but i bring it but i bring it every year it's like backup. a security blanket <laughs> and a and a to, to fit in with the guys and, yeah you know but it doesn't have a lot of practical purpose. It's it's also to, so, something I can write on. You know, it's a little backing for my yeah, paper. A little plotter. Yeah. <laughs> the so, uh, um, one thing a co- the combine isn't oh. if you have a lot of your uh, friends over for like like food and it's catered and stuff like that, and you're watching a bunch of guys running underwear. That's weird. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> Just saying. But draft, but draft parties are okay because draft parties, the guys are more. Draft more parties are okay, on. but when you're when you're a bunch of guys sitting around eating food, watching a bunch of guys in spandex, I don't, I don't think many people weird. have combine parties. I'm gonna go out. Uh, I don't know. Uh, it's debatable. If anybody out there has a combine party next year, let me know. I'll actually go because I've like never to be been invited. to one. I will. Um, so, um, just some surprises. Um, what you thought? Were there any surprises in the combine? You know, just generally speaking, overall, or if you have some specific guys you want to say, "Wow, he sucked," or "Wow, he really blew it up." I like or, that Dre Archer guy. That that short little guy that, that ran the forty. And he's tiny. He's, he's, he is tiny. He is tiny, tiny. Like I think he's five eight. He's, very he's only like one hundred and seventy five yeah. pounds. I mean, he's he's yeah he's yeah, he's, he's tiny. He's a tiny guy. Yeah, but he ran blazing fast. And that's what you need to do when you're tiny. So yeah, yeah. And I think, but for him, it's uh, interesting because he's college production doesn't. I mean, he, he projects to being a for fantasy purposes. 
I know it's real early, but he projects to be a role player, which I don't really want. I don't. At best, he's probably a scat back. They're probably going to force him to be a returner. It's the same kind of lay like Dexter McCluster, who I took a chance on a long time ago, is a little bigger than this guy, and he can't make it in the NFL as anything more than a gadget guy. So, yeah, I mean, but you never know. You, you know, never know yeah. who can be Darren Sproles. You but, know what I mean? So, and this guy, but that guy, Archer, had no build up before the combine. No, so that's another flag for me. That's how I personally. Well, neither right. did Marcus Colston. So, I mean, there's a lot of guys I think who did well. Um, not not necessarily surprises. I think I think the other thing that we might have to keep in context from now going forward is that these guys are only going to get more and more athletic with every generation. So even a, in a, even an interval of a few years, like three three to four three to four combines, by the by the fourth combine in that thing, everybody is going to move up a tier. So when it, where it used to be great for a running back to run a low four or five if he was a big dude. Now it's nothing anymore to, to say that. And, and they train f- specifically for, for these this. drills. Yeah. Well, that's so the one thing I don't like about that, man. Excuse it. I excuse the. I guess it gives, it gives you somewhat of a baseline, but if that's what you go by, I, I don't know. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't you think like a lot to see people, it because you know. I'm sure there's some old school coaches who 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 do go by it. But I, I don't know. I can't see people like yeah. like Belichick, but here's and the thing. Tom Coughlin, and stuff like that that say, "Oh man, but he Tim, runs even." <laughs> yeah, I get that, but I mean, even if he, even if, even if a guy trains for this, right? What does it say about the guys who don't train for it and who do poorly at it? Right. See, it's also part of the, it's like a job interview. Okay, I know you can do this, and I know you're putting on your best suit for me. You don't wear a suit every day that I see you, <laughs> but if you can't even put on that suit for this interview, <laughs> yeah. I don't want anything to do with you. Yeah, yeah. you know, no, like I some, some of these guys I, look completely lost when they get out there, and that's inexcusable. If I mean, I would, I, I would rather have somebody do fantastic in position drills and in the Senior Bowl and the East West Shrine Game and stuff like that than have someone that's you know does fantastic in the you know in the combine drills and the broad jump and stuff like that you know i'd rather see you know on the field work rather than just you know some well that's the controlled environment the the metrics versus the you know well i mean i i then there's plenty of you know combinations that people use for i know nike came out with this thing called the spark score I don't know if you've heard about it's it. Like, is it's that a like combination of hokey fuel band that they came out with? No, 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 no. Yeah. No, what it is is like like you combine a bunch of metrics and it comes. It's it's, it's you know it's like an algorithm. It comes out to this formula, and if you're in depending on what range you're in, it tells you how elite of an athlete you are, you know how explosive an athlete you are. So in terms of that, I think it makes sense because you can compare them. Everybody, the same. Based on your weight, based on your height, and everything. and I, you know, I think that means something. But if you can't play ball, it doesn't matter either. I if mean, you don't have the tape to back it up. It, you know, it doesn't matter. In terms of specific players uh, for this year, I think um, it's easier to start with the negative guys for me because they stand out when they do. Like we just talked about, if you can't even get ready for this, it's bad for you. Um, and what's interesting from a fantasy perspective is that two guys that were thought of at the beginning of last college. Uh, season in, in 2013 to be guys that you would track for fantasy are now taking serious hits the closer we get to the draft and uh, one of them is the Arizona running back uh, Kadeem Carey uh, Casey Kadeem Carey Casey, Casey yeah. sorry um, who ran you know he looked he looks quote-unquote explosive on tape but he kind of there were red flags starting to go up on him as his as the end of his college year uh, started to happen 
and there were whispers that this guy is he's not undersized per se he's like 209 pounds he's about 510 511 he needed to really be explosive though and his combine results were not explosive he ran a, a 47 which like, for a guy his size is not not good um and he just he just didn't look the part. And then the other guy was Carlos Hyde, uh, who was uh, Ohio, Ohio State, State yeah. running back, who had a lot of buzz coming in to the season at Ohio State. Kind of gained momentum as a as a guy you would track for big guy two thirty two hundred thirty pounds, big like. But he's supposed to run fast, and he didn't run nearly as fast as he didn't run fast. And then he got injured, which uh, nobody hammy, nobody right? nobody saw. So the jury's kind of out on him. So he's losing a little bit of steam just because of a, you know something that's beyond his control, obviously, but. Did not did not go good for him. Um, I think, you know, the tight ends that were able to go did not blow me away. Um, they were actually very disappointing as a whole group. Yeah, they I thought so. I mean, they they you know they came in to the combine and the whole draft thing as being a really high. High, highly rated position overall, and they didn't show well. I, I mean, not that I don't they, think there's a know, first round pick uh, in any of them. The tight ends, tight ends, well. yeah. I mean, there's there's a case to be made. Um, we'll guys, talk about yeah. them a little later um, for Jenkins uh, as a metrics <laughs> thing, but we don't know at this point. I mean, guys that guys that did well. I mean, that really made themselves some money. <laughs> Were guys like uh, McKinnon, the running back from Georgia, um, who didn't have a lot of buzz coming in. Not that he didn't have college production; he has a fair amount of college production. But people didn't really see him as, you know, a, a back that could be reckoned with. The guy ran a four. <laughs> he ran a four four one, uh, forty time. He benched thirty two reps, which is a running back at two twenty of two twenty five is amazing. That's a lot of. It's a, that's a strong dude. He had a forty point five, I think, high jump. Uh, is we like to talk about this. We haven't talked about this either. Is it's sometimes more valuable to look at the shuttle times than it is the forty yard dashes because football is played in smaller <laughs> space. Played in a box, man. So played in a phone booth. This guy's twenty second. Uh, sorry, this guy's twenty yard shuttle was uh, four point one two. Just pretty insane. <laughs> so you combine the strength. You 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 combine the strength metrics there with the agility metrics, and all of a sudden this guy is gaining steam. Now I don't know. I haven't, admittedly, as a casual fan of college football, I haven't watched him run uh, in games, and that's going to have a lot to do with what he projects to be. But he absolutely crushed the combine from a where the hell did that guy come from standpoint. Um, And the other guy, Mike Mayock, kind of caught on to it on the NFL Network, um, was Cooks, uh, the wide receiver. um, Oregon State. Oregon State. uh, I believe he's like 5'10". Ran an insane... Shuttle, yeah, his <laughs> <laughs> three eight one, which is insane. It's an insane shuttle yeah, time on under four seconds to go twenty, and then and then uh, he ran a you know his forty was four three three, so he's so moving. He's moving. He's, he projects to be a, a really good slot guy, and if you compare him to somebody who's like you know, so it's commonly perceived that the top wide receiver, if not the top skill player in the draft this year, is going to be Sammy Watkins out of Clemson. Mm-hmm. Watkins is considered a uh, high pro, you know, he, he was a high producer. He was high pressure, high producer, which means he came into his last year in college with expectations that he would do well. And he, and he did. did well. Yep. Um, so that he has a lot going for him. But if you compare those, he, this is why the metrics get a little funny. He 
is only six one, so he's he's only a couple inches taller than Cooks. Uh, he's not that much heavier than him, and he ran. I you know he, I believe he ran what did he run like a four four six or something, um, which isn't crazy. Um, and so you have to kind of take these things with a grain of salt. If you like Sammy Watkins as a player and you thought he was the number one wide receiver, his combine is going to do nothing to take that perception of him away from you. But at the same time, you, you, you see somebody like Cooks come out of somewhere and then the NFL teams think, do I have a valuable replacement? Because I'm going to need to spend a first-round pick on Sammy Watkins if I want him. But is there a guy in the third round that I could take that has the chance to be a Sammy Watkins. There is a lot of depth at wide receiver. It's, the, it's to me the only skill position in the draft that's worth. You could get anything. a dynamite player in the third round easily. That's good because especially with all the especially especially with the depth in the offensive line and the defensive line, which I think are in you know people are going to take quarterbacks early and that's going to push a lot of guys down throughout the entire draft. I believe. I mean, I, I also think that. So if you're in dynasty leagues and you're only in offensive dynasty leagues, like you're not doing an IDP league, um, you're going to see in your dynasty league, I I would be shocked to see any less than six wide receivers go in the first round of a 12-team draft in dynasty. It's got to be at least half the first round. Even with as valuable as running backs are to your fantasy teams, there just simply isn't the value at running back there this year. It's just not. I mean, running back will probably shake out to be about four deep. Wide receivers will shake out to be about ten deep. <laughs> I don't think there will be a wide, like, you know, be a wide receiver, or I mean, a running back taken in the first round. Well, in 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 real life, probably not. But I, but in but in dyna, if you're in a dynasty league, yeah, you know, you gotta you gotta kind of take you gotta kind of take him. Yeah, uh, somebody I mean, somebody will take whoever winds up in one of the spots that we'll talk about later. And some team that has a hole is going to have to give one of these guys, no matter how talented they're perceived to be. Is going to have to have a big role on an NFL team next year. Yeah, That's no, the, I mean, the, the one, I mean, go ahead, Ryan. Go, go Tim. No, it's you. It's all you. The uh, with you know, with the running backs, is you know, if you, you pick early in a dynasty draft, you're almost you're almost have to take a running back. You yeah. know, with, with, you know, <laughs> no with question. the first couple pick, and, and it's and it stinks because you know, unless unless there's that. That I mean, you see Tavon Austin. You know, some people you know pick up Tavon Austin. That was a you know poo poo deal for them. You know, I mean, I, in a couple of years it might work out, but you're almost you're you're forced to take that running back, and it sucks because you know that hey, you know he probably I probably a second and third round, you know uh, talent, but you had to take him because you have to make that. I mean, well, running yeah, backs are so fast. valuable. Yeah. I mean, it's especially nowadays. Now everyone's running a committee and stuff like that. It's just. There's not that yeah, three-down running back. Well, anymore. I mean, there's just no – I mean, in the past few years, there really hasn't been a lot of, you know, dynamite number one awesome running backs. There have been some good ones, and last year there was actually more good ones than we thought there were going to be. <laughs> but overall, I mean, I passed up on Le'Veon Bell last year. As did I. <laughs> I mean, he was there, and I passed over him. I went with, you know, DeAndre Hopkins. I had a high pick because of a trade I made – and um, you know, I feel almost like I blew it a little bit because I, you know, I went with the receiver, and I guess we'll see in the future. But you know, and I like Hopkins and everything. But um, it's interesting that you should bring Hopkins up because he is kind of he's from he was from Clemson. He has a similar 
profile to Sammy Watkins. Yeah, they're, they're very similar. And I, you know, I think Sammy's going to be an okay player. I just think that you dynasty leaders need to remember this as you get closer to, to NFL draft. You see where Watkins winds up. Um, you're going to hear in dynasty circles that this draft compares a lot to when Julio Jones and A.J. Green went because those guys, when they were drafted, uh, were the clear top two dynasty picks. Those guys went one and two in almost every dynasty league. Sammy Watkins is good, potential to, potential to be great, but he's the best of a deep class, so he's getting he's getting an extra bump because the wide receivers are the most dominant position coming out, we perceive, this year. He's getting the good well, if he's if he's the best of a of a of a good group, he must be awesome. He's not Julio Jones. No. He's no. not AJ Green. No. So if you have a dynasty pick and some guy in your league really wants Sammy Watkins and he's willing to give you a good deal on the number one pick, I'd move out of it. Because I think the wide receivers are really good this year. And yeah. I, I think you can get a deal for Sammy Watkins. You can Watkins always get right a now. wide receiver late. I mean, you know, last wide receiver, year. Wide receivers are dime a dozen, man. In, and I got I got Kenny Stills last year in the third round or fourth round of, of our dynasty draft. And he had 700. He almost had the same production as DeAndre Hopkins did on last catches. I mean, yardage-wise. So, I mean, if you find a guy that, you know, is in a good situation like Stills was last year and, you know, you have some old aging receivers in front of him. You know, that's going to happen again this year. That scenario will happen. So go running. I mean, as of now, I would say go running back early, look for wide receivers later, and you'll be fine. I think, though, you need to. Uh, depending on what you're yeah. using your team. Well, and you need to be too. careful who you take because I, I do think wide receiver has a high bust. So, for example, you one of those high busts. It's, it's, no. a, it's a lot more palatable taking a wide receiver late and then busting than taking one early and then sucking. Yeah. I, but I, I feel like this year. Um, one of the disappointments that we didn't talk about, that was maybe my last disappointment, was uh, Marquez Lee from uh, USC. USC. And that guy has done nothing but tank his draft stock. And, and you know, he's not a guy that's tanking it with character things. Guys who tank it with character shoes, I have no sympathy for. You make a dumb mistake when you're about to go to the NFL, that's on you. I feel ba- a little bad for Marquez Lee because I think he's getting exposed by the process now. If he, if if it was a year ago, Marquez Lee would have been ahead of Sammy Watkins by about three miles. Yeah. Everybody was ready to crown that guy. He had a rough senior year. His metrics at the combine were not great. You know, his numbers at the combine were not good. Uh, his draft stock is because he doesn't possess elite height. He's like five eleven as well, I believe, six, or six, six even. Six even, yeah. Uh, he is not perceived the same way anymore so wide receivers are very fluid in the rankings and they were february 27th they it's going to change a lot before the nfl draft kicks off yeah so i mean yeah. and it's just one of those things i think while we're just talking about specific guys the one more other guy that i want to put in i'm sorry i'm just kind of thinking of him as i'm going is jordan matthews i've talked to the browns a lot about this off air <laughs> so i'll mm-hmm. make it short Jordan Matthews is a Vanderbilt wide receiver that nobody really was talking about before he came into the combine. Everybody really liked Mike Evans, and Mike Evans had a good combine. Uh, Mike Evans is an A&M uh, wide receiver who is, profiles, out, I think, to 6'5 or so. He's 6'5". He's huge. His wingspan is insane. Like, he, And he had a lot of heat coming out. He might be the second guy taken after Sammy Watkins, which means in your dynasty draft he might be the second overall yeah, it depends on you know It depends on the flavor of the team in the NFL draft of what you, know, you look for in a wide receiver. Some guys want guys that can get open fast and some guys want the guy you can throw the jump ball to so so the, so while he so while Mike Evans has the buzz uh 
Matthews came in and absolutely crushed it uh, for combine numbers. He's about the same size as Mike Evans, I believe. There, I believe he's also six five uh, something, six five something. I believe Matthews is tall dude. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, he ran a four four six forty. He had twenty one reps at two twenty five, which was the best, which tied him, I think, with Brandon Cooks, which is even more impressive considering how small Cooks is for uh, yeah. most bench reps. Well, uh, and, and, he, and with the bench thing, guys with long arms have trouble benching. Yep. So that's that's another thing to. But this guy to, to is cover. not definitely not small. His hands are ten and three eighths inches, which means that he's got the he's got the mitts. Yep. So he has all the physical stuff, and he's in terms of hype, he's Mike Evans light because not yeah. really anybody's talking about this guy. Yet. Yeah, I mean, that's why you see this and you're like, huh, we have to go back and watch the film on this guy again. You know, he's, he's a guy that I bet you a lot of guys are going back. That's right a guy made some money. Him, he made money. Cooks made money. McKinnon from Georgia made money. Yeah. That weekend. A couple guys that I really were looking at, and I'm not going to go into great detail, but guys I kind of like, uh, Bishop Sankey. I, I really Washington's. like out of the University of Washington. He tore it up at the, at the what was it, the three-cone he had the number one short shuttle and he had the number one three cone drill find running backs, which is pretty impressive. He ran a good 40 four, four, six, I believe it was. And, you know, he's a little lighter. He's not a small guy. He's not, you know, sub 200 pounds, but he runs big. He, he reminds me a little bit of like Clinton Portis, how he wasn't, Clinton Portis wasn't a big dude. He was around 210, but he ran bigger than that. Kind of reminds me of that. Will he be him? Who knows? But I liked him. I also liked another uh, Pac-10 guy out of um, Oregon, Lake Seastrunk. Yep. Lake Seastrunk. And he didn't do a lot of things. He only did the 40-yard dash, which is 4-5, which isn't bad. He's only 200 pounds. He did 15 reps on the bench, which is average. But he had a 41.5-inch <laughs> vertical jump, which is crazy. And he had the longest broad jump, which means he does have explosion. He looked really good in Oregon. I really like the guy coming out. Um, I don't know. He doesn't run big. I don't, I don't know if he's. Uh, I don't. I don't know if he's Giovanni Bernard or if he's a uh, more of just you know a third down guy. You know what I mean? I don't know if he's more. Well, than, to me, Giovanni Bernard. I know you don't think so, guy. but I think he, I think Giovanni Bernard's a starter. I don't know if he's more than that. And the other guy I really wanted to see. But he was a guy, and there's a guy that you know. I know Forty was talking about earlier was uh, Austin Safarian Jenkins, another you know Washington guy. Uh, That's unfortunate then. that he didn't go. Um, I'm hoping to hear good news from his pro day. Yeah, and you know he had a stress fracture in his foot. Same thing, kind of thing Michael Crabtree had a couple of years ago. And with him, he, he played last year heavier than he was supposed to because he wanted to block more and he beefed up and he was around 280. And at the combine, he weighed in at 262, which is much lighter. And from what I heard from people, especially Rob Rang, who's a guy out of, um, out of Seattle who, who does uh, NFLDraftScout.com, he said he was ready to blow up the combine. And then when they did his medical, they found out his foot was a little jacked up, so he didn't do anything. He's the yeah. only guy to me that in this tight end class that has a chance to be – and I hate doing this, but I think we do it at tight end more than we do it in any other position – we're always looking for the next Gronkowski and the next Jimmy Graham because there's so few of those guys. This guy's got – he's 6'6". Like Ron said, he came in running 262. He's known for being a decent to above average inline blocker, which is really going to help him at the NFL because he'll stay on the field. And if you can stay on the field, that's half the battle right there as a tight end. Absolutely. 
So. I mean, you know, and you know, there, there's other guys that were intriguing to me, but you know, Odell Beckham. I think he's. I like that's a, he, one of the one of my guys. I was I was going. Oh talk man, about. that did. I'd love to have that dude on my team. He's fast. You know, he ran four, incredibly four, fast. Four four three forty. His twenty yard shuttle was four nine four, which was one of the top formers, and his sixty yard shuttle was a ten nine three, which is yeah. I mean, he's he, cool. he's ten inch hands also, which are huge. Hand hand size is a good. It doesn't mean you're going to catch the ball, but you got to have a target for the quarterback to set up. And yeah, no, I mean it. It helps. It definitely helps. You don't need him, but it helps. I and mean, he's a great uh, kick returner, punt returner too. So I mean, yeah, he, he I mean, adds if value he there too. Passes, so. He has that that ability. Absolutely. You know, I, I've heard a couple teams were really high on him coming out. Um, so I mean, in terms of guys, there's a lot of guys you can pick your favorite. You can go through there and really, you know, just you know, watch the combine. It's on. It's going to be replayed a million freaking times between now and the draft. You know, look at it, watch it casually. Look at some of the, you know, look at some of the results, and then you know, then you go on YouTube. And you YouTube these guys, and you see some of their highlights. Everybody's got a highlight video. Every NFL prospect has put together a highlight video. And then, you know, you can even find some full games on there where you can watch some of them. I mean, that's how I look at guys. I mean, we don't don't get inside game tape from colleges (laughs) or anything like that. When we do this stuff, that's what we do, and that's all we can do. And if you can find some, you know, games getting replayed on ESPN or, you know, CBS, you know, watch them. Because there's guys there, you know, that are playing, and that's... The Ocho. <laughs> I mean, it's it's unfortunate. You know, the one uh, thing that we'll say too is that you know we didn't talk a lot about quarterbacks because the quarterbacks were basically no shows for this combine. The, uh, the big the big guys. There's one that I liked. showed up and got measured. I like. Who do you like, Tim? I like Logan Thomas. You do Ooh, like Logan Thomas. I that do. would be an incredible long shot for me if he makes the NFL. I mean, I incredible. I mean, he's got the you know the size, strength. I mean, he's oh, he's a big dude. I mean, he's six <laughs> six. He's 250. He ran a 46140, a 35-inch vertical, 118-inch broad jump. I mean, and everything he topped all quarterbacks. He has he has I, almost 11-inch hands. Yeah. I mean, yeah, no, dude, yeah, I yeah. mean, I mean the measurables throws are, the ball like a duck. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean I get it. If he makes the NFL, he could make it as a metrics guy that like somebody puts on their bench and wants to I mean, he's very raw. I, I can very, almost see I almost see him raw. almost like a um uh Brock Osweiler. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. Very, very similar. He, he actually, but with more. Mold. He actually like, like we were talking about Marquez Lee. He actually was a guy that had this happen a year ago. Logan Thomas would have been a, a top five quarterback prospect for the draft this year. I don't know if he gets drafted. It's going to be very interesting. But to me, all the quarterbacks that you expect to get drafted no showed except for Blake Bortles, who I'm not high on. But Mike May- Mike Mayock things crush the combine but i i i don't like like Royals, but that's hey, i'm that's the no but you know <laughs> i just don't understand why guys don't throw i never I mean, understood it, that it, either it baffles me it absolutely baffles me because the scouts aren't looking whether you complete the pass or not they don't care about that they're looking at your footwork they're looking at how the ball comes out of your hands your mechanics and all those kinds of things and that's all they're looking at right and I, I yeah, actually, they it drives me. They understand that they're that, throwing. You're throwing to a bunch of crap receivers that most likely either won't get drafted or they're just garbage altogether. They're just and you're not familiar with them. I mean, you're just not familiar with them. I mean, I mean, some some of the you know, you know, some of the guys. I mean, Jim Jimmy Garoppolo is a guy. I'm you know, I'm kind of interested in checking out more. Tom Savage out of Pittsburgh is a guy I kind of want to check out a little more. 
Aaron Murray is a guy I want to need to watch a little more. Those are guys that I'm kind of looking at, and even Derek Carr because I didn't really see much of him play. I know, you know, he kind of has a, a legacy. Yeah, he, you know, he has a legacy. He's obviously a good quarterback. You know, he ran actually exceptionally well for what I thought he was going to be. I mean, I, I wrote but, on the podcast that, you know, the guys should throw. Ron's absolutely right about that. They should throw because the scouts understand it. I don't need to see it as a fan because I think for the exact reason it could actually screw me up because I don't have a scout's eye. I'm yeah, not there. Oh, I'm not watching the footwork. I might get a bad impression of a dude because he's missing all these throws. Now, I know better than to think that he's going to have his wide receivers, but some throws you just you just can't tell. So I think from like a fan's perspective, from a fantasy perspective, it's not all that important to see these guys throw it. It would be nice to have like a forty time on a on a Bridgewater or you know those those numbers yeah. would be good. For me. But even that, I mean, like forty times for I quarterbacks, I couldn't give a shit less about. It is such a like a useless. Uh, they're mobile. I, I want to see I, their even that, I don't care. Because I mean, uh, it depends. It depends what you're looking for in a quarterback. I mean, if the guy, if you watch the guy on tape. You know what kind of quarterback? Yeah, but forty he is. times you're misleading. I mean, we just talked about that. How they're how they're misleading and yeah, I mean, but cone, but, but agility, but agility times like cone times and stuff. I want to see that stuff for Taj Boyd. That matters to me, yeah. right? That matters to me. If AJ McCarron, I don't care what he runs because I know he's not outrunning anybody. Whether he runs a four nine four like he ran or he runs a five. Five or a four eight, it well, doesn't matter. Because I mean, we talked about it being a pass fail. If he runs a five five, he's going to get destroyed in the NFL. <laughs> That's a pass fail situation. What do you think Peyton Manning runs now? He probably runs Run, a six. He's got to be. He's, 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 he's thirty eight years old. Rich Eisen territory. If, if he, my, he never ran. He never ran. If a twenty one year old kid is running at the same speed as Peyton Manning, that that career is over right there. It's over. Well, what I'm saying is, <laughs> it doesn't a matter. Fifteen year age difference. It doesn't matter. You're not outrunning anybody. I get that, but you as a quarterback, you're not supposed to run athleticism. Quarterbacks you have, you are have pocket to have a passers. I get that, but if you're an af- if you are an athlete, you have to have certain athletic qualities about you. Or it's not a good sign. Tom Brady's athletic. So for me, for me, it doesn't matter. Like for me, if you're gonna for fantasy purposes, it's even more important because we like the running quarterbacks for fantasy, right? So I want to see guys who have supposed mobility. I want to see what those num- those mobility numbers look like. Like to me, the only way Johnny Manziel is valuable, and we haven't even touched on that guy yet. I don't even want to talk. About right? I don't talk about you don't want to talk about him. The only way he's valuable to me is if he somehow puts up some freaky athletic numbers that would belie his size, and he didn't. You know, I don't talk about him as a combine loser because yeah. I didn't think he was going to do well. But he ran a four six, which for four, a guy six, is, for yeah almost four seven. So for a guy his size, he really needed to have better metrics. He needed to run like Russell Wilson ran a four five two or whatever yeah. Wilson ran. He I mean he ran considerably faster, and that matters. Right. So and, with and, some guys, it definitely yeah. does matter. Like yeah. I, at quarterback, I don't think you can just say it doesn't matter agility wise. No, I didn't. No, I said if he's <laughs> a, if you look at the film and he's a drop back passer, it doesn't matter. If right. he's a running quarterback, it matters. You need to have some mobility. <laughs> uh, I, I massively think Jamar- that's like Jamar- Jamar- Jamarcus Russell was mobile. <laughs> Where's he at? Dwayne Gabbert was he's, mobile. He ran good. He's at your local buy low bagging groceries. <laughs> Which is funny is Mike Mayock thought he had one of the greatest workouts he's ever seen. That's funny. he was the most NFL ready quarterback until Blaine Gabbert was the most NFL ready quarterback. So um, some other things, just how free agency it happens so much 
in front of the draft. It starts on what March 11th, I think, is the official yeah. date. I believe at four for was it at four p.m. or something like that. I think it is. Yeah, Tim sits by his phone and waits for them to come. He has in. a countdown on his, on his iPhone right now. I know. I know. I call one of these but um, you know, as as much as you think that's going to happen, we talked about it in you know our other podcast. Is a uh, free agency is going to impact what teams want to do in the draft and what teams do in free agency? Because if there's a lot of wide receivers that they think are really good in the draft they are not going to spend on the wide receivers and it might push the value of the wide receivers down which means maybe your team who wasn't looking at a wide receiver sees value in the free agency and i could get this guy cheaper than i thought i could let's go get him i think that's going to happen for sure with wide receivers because absolutely it's perceived that both the strongest free agent class and the (laughs) rookie class at the skill positions for a wide receiver are both the strongest in their respective Mm -hmm categories so now you might have 15 nfl ready wide receivers coming out right now to go with 10 to 15 topper upper echelon free agent wide receivers so what does that do to the market for somebody mm-hmm. yeah i mean and they're lucky that free agency is before the draft i think it especially hurts those tiers because it was after i'd heard of him it's here two guys it tier definitely hurts guys. way oh, more man, it hurts them bad Manuel Sanders, Golden Tate, Andre Roberts, all those guys. They're going to have a tough time. Yeah. I mean, I, you know. They're almost, I think they're, they're almost better taking less money and just staying with the teams that they are, that they're currently with. I if absolutely the team agree. And if they're not stuck behind somebody yeah. in playing time. Mm-hmm. That's the other issue. Which, you know, is all part of the ebb and flow of free agency. Um, you know, um, the draft is obviously, we talked about it later this year. Pro days are coming up soon you're going to see all pro days what the if you don't know what it is a pro day is basically a workout just like the combine they're going to do some of the same some of the same drills not all of them just certain ones they're going to do either throwing or receiving or you know whatever whatever their position specialty is you know they're going to do and those are going to be coming and they'll happen throughout right up to what maybe 10 days before the draft this year like i said draft is later it's at the end of may so i don't know how they're going to space out the pro days for some guys it's going to help them like safarian jenkins who had the foot it's going to help him because he'll be able to heal more and have probably a more successful pro day just so. just do what yourself one favor when you hear about these pro days ignore the pass completion percentage oh god yeah please oh he hit 38 of 38 yeah. passes at, at his pro day there was nobody on the field defending, and he throws, he throws to, to this guy, and he throws to these guys in practice all the time. He better hit 38 to 38. No kidding. I mean, I can do that. No, you can't. Hell. <laughs> all right, 37 <laughs> <laughs> But um, the next part, I want to talk about money and holes. Money, 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 money. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. <laughs> Money and holes you want to talk about? Holes. You don't want to rephrase that? No, absolutely not. Teams with a ton of cap money. Yeah, please explain it. <laughs> and massive hole, holes on their teams. Why? What did you think? I mean, you're, you know, that, that's kind of messed up, man. you got to really settle down. Well, Tim was talking about underwear parties earlier for the combine. I know, but you didn't have to go there. That's all I'm saying. So, so I made a list of, I think it's about 15 of the top teams. And the, they all have over... $20 million in cap space. You know, um, it leads off by the Raiders, who have an estimated $132 million cap limit, has $66 million in open cap space, which is insane. Like, so, and, and, and be, and they're, they're a very weird team because they have holes all over. Offense, defense, quarterback, wide receiver, yeah. offensive line, running back, second... <laughs> 
Well, that might be why they have $66 million free. Yeah. What they do in free agency is really going to be curious to me because I don't know if they need to spend a lot. They don't. I mean, I mean if you, if you I mean, spend if they a lot spend free a agency, lot, they're gonna ha- they're gonna end up where they were last year with a bunch of dead. Yeah, money. I think that. Well, Reggie McKenzie, I think, is bright, and he came in, and I think this is the year he's like, all right, we have to be frugal, but you got to get some players in there. I mean, you got to get guys who can play because if, right. sp- if they spend, they have to spend at the non-glory positions. They have to spend at the line. Absolutely. They have to spend it. They have to get themselves a nice little uh, outside backer. <laughs> they have to do some stuff there that's and they have not to, big names. They have to go big in the tier two. Up. Yeah, they got to go tier two. They got to do some tier two stuff. I don't mm-hmm. think diving in and getting Eric Decker is going to. What's Eric Decker going to do on that team? You know what I mean? You got to get. But for fantasy purposes, the wide receiver spot in Oakland has been productive. It's just they haven't settled on one guy, so you can't pick that guy. <laughs> If they could get a free agent that would come in and be that guy, it's theoretically possible that he could be a top 20 wide receiver If James in Jones, say, went there, who I think might go there just because he has the Reggie McKenzie connection, and he, you know, I think he's a solid receiver. I don't think he's great by any stretch of the imagination. Had 10 touchdowns last year. But if he's the number one receiver in that offense and he catches 75 balls for 1,100 yards and another eight touchdowns, that's legitimate. Yep. I mean, they have some guys there that I like already on the team. They do. They, they, I'm not saying they're devoid of talent, but consistent. overall, they're not a talented team, and they're not ready, and they have a lot of cap space. So they're going to be interesting, that whole situation, because the whole team's whole. Who do they holes. sign at running back? They let my fan go most, more what than do likely. They do, quarterback? do they bring me? <laughs> they bring any of those. McGloin come, I mean, McGloin will probably come back. Prior, who knows? They Tight need, ends, they don't have any. They need to resign. I mean, they have Michael. Michael, uh, was it? Uh, what was the rookie? Um Oh, I can't think of his name. Michaels. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, the, the tight end. The tight end, the rookie tight end. I, I can't. His name escapes me. Was now, it Martin? But, um, Martin? No. No, it was Michaels. Uh, it was Mike. It was something Michaels. I, I, I forgot his name. I'll have to pull him up later. The um, crack. The crack research. <laughs> Tim, 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 look at that. Re- pull, pull that up while we're there. No, it's Michael. Like M Y C H E A L. Yeah, yeah. A L. Um, I think. But anyway, I mean, another team with a ton of money are the Jacksonville Jaguars. Fifty-five million dollars. They have. They don't have a quarterback. Let's go, to our, let's go to our Jacksonville correspondent. <laughs> they don't have any running backs. They have an okay tight end. They have some okay receivers. Uh, their tight end sucks. They, Mercedes Lewis sucks. They, Just for the record, they need you get paid $8 million and you catch 35 balls. You suck. Who's throwing them the ball? Just saying. It doesn't matter. Are you I, kidding I me? I think Mercedes Lewis is done as well. I think, that's, I mean, I think he's he, living off that one year in 08 or 09 or whatever he was. Either way. They have, they have, they have. I think they have more talent than the Raiders, even though their record didn't show it. They need a complete overhaul on defense, which I think Gus Bradley will do. They're going to get rid of a lot of old guys, you know, like, you know, guys like Justin Babin and you know, guys like that are probably going to be out, and they're going to bring a lot of new guys in. So um, I think that's going to be more of a defensive overhaul. They're probably going to do something at the running back. Yeah, spot. but they do need a running back for they sure. They do absolutely, and oh, they do yeah. need a quarterback. So. And they the do Raiders need another wide receiver because you don't know when Blackman, Michael Rivera. That's it. Yes, yeah. yes. But it's spelled Michael like M Y C H E L. Yeah, spelled yeah, wrong. And Thank he's related. You. And he's related to some uh, dancing something or other Lolo or somebody. Wow, somebody. he can always hang his hat somebody. on that. If football doesn't work out, so, well, that's awesome. Yeah. It's like the, a brother. Or but I think Jacksonville over overall will probably dip into the running back market. Maybe a wide receiver, second tier, third tier wide receiver market because you don't know when Blackman's coming back if he's coming back at all. So I think that would you know they, they believe it or not they something. actually really like Justin Forsett as a backup running yeah. back. I mean they uh, 
And I, w- I would too. He's he's a solid player. I mean, he's you know he plays special teams. He does all those things you want him to do. He's a pro. He doesn't get in trouble. But I mean, he's yeah. not a starter. Yeah, he's not a starter. You got that right. I mean, in in Jordan Todd, <laughs> Jordan Todman's not a starter. They don't have a whole I mean, lot of I starters think, on there. To be honest with you, no, I mean, no. But that's you know that's part of the thing. I mean, another team that is better on defense, but has a ton of cap room again is fifty one million dollars. Cleveland Browns. Um, They're not a card. Who knows? They have actually have some players. I mean, you know, got you got Gordon, you got Jordan Cameron. Their defense is good. They don't have a quarterback. No. They have no running backs whatsoever. Their offensive line is in pretty is in decent shape too. I mean, it, I mean, yeah. they got to get Alex outside, Mack back. outside of a quarterback. Alex Mack, they got to resign him. I'm Good I'm deal. fascinated by the Cleveland Browns, as we've mentioned on almost every podcast, because yeah. they they really are like uh, just pick a card out of the deck, you know, and that's how they're going to play that day, but. So there's intriguing storylines. Do they give Brian Hoyer, who's a little older guy, a chance to come back and win the job from injury? Do they draft a quarterback somewhere along the line? They they don't have a running back. You can't go into battle with Chris Obanyabadubu and <laughs> and forty eight year old and forty eight year old Willis McGahey. You just can't go to war that way. Uh, does does Jordan Cameron continue to grow in his role? Josh Gordon was an absolute monster. Is he going to be an monster as we talked about with Kyle Shanahan there and the ex wide receiver in the Texan style offense? I does Ben Tate go there? It's just such good. Th- and then there's all the other stuff that, that how badly they're perceived by by the casual fan who, who only not, hears about who and only hears about the Lombardi firings and that that's the thing. Like and their defense so is much, pretty solid. There's so much weird drama yeah. around that team. It's it's awesome. <laughs> and, and, and the thing is, they're closer to being five. Even though their record may not have been great, they're closer to being five hundred than they are drafting in the top five. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, they're 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 not a terrible team. Another team that I couldn't believe had this much cap space coming up is the Indianapolis Colts with thirty nine million dollars, which is awesome if you have Andrew Luck or. Anything because I think they're going to really retool that line. They better and, sign a goddamn guard on that. Yeah, team. Uh, need, need another wide receiver. I mean, you saw what happened. You know, Ty Hilton played great when Reggie Wayne went down, but their offense struggled when Reggie Wayne wasn't there. Their offense struggled when Pep Hamilton came in. That team's going nowhere <laughs> as long as Pep Hamilton insists on running the ball every down. I don't mind them running the ball if they could run the ball. They can't run the ball. Trent Richardson trade was awful, yeah, awful. Their free agency is going to be their draft. They have to get some young. They have to get young, and they have to get some decent players in there. Mark my words, Pep Hamilton will be fired <laughs> midseason. Soon. Do you say midseason? No, firing? they won't have the guts to do it midseason. But he will not. The thing is, and you saw a great example of it in the playoffs against Kansas City when they were down. They had no other choice, and they were like, "Andrew, do what you do." He did it. <laughs> now, granted, the Chiefs—you know—you can say they lost a lot of players in that game, and well, they did. Yeah. But it was a microcosm of the cold season in which Andrew consistent. I think he has something insane, like twenty fourth quarter comebacks in two seasons. Why are they always behind? Because they run the ball early, they can't do it, and they have to punt <laughs> the ball away, and then it's on Andrew to bring them back all the time. Notice to Pep Hamilton, throw the goddamn <laughs> football. Yeah, I mean, I was, I was really surprised when they didn't. Yeah, like I would just think, you know, run some hurry up, just do, do these extra things, you know, just. I don't know. It was a very uncreative they're offense. Trying to play ball control with a team that. Can't it's not built play that way. They're not built they're that not, way yet. No. You know, they're not like they're, they're not well, like I mean, you they're, know the Redskins were a couple of years ago, or the Seahawks were, or even the Patriots were. They're, you know, they're not that team that can really just pound line up and pound the rock. They can't do it. They're not built that way. Their running backs aren't that good. They lost Donald Brown. You're going to go in with Trent Richardson as your number one back, who's awful. Well, he's he played bad. awful. He played he awful last he year. He did play awful. 
But Pep Hamilton is about as creative as that box of crayons over there <laughs> that only has brown crayons in it. <laughs> <laughs> another another team with uh, a ton of cap space. The Dolphins, thirty-eight million. I oh, mean, they're going offensive mess. line. Maybe maybe a running back too. I don't know. I mean. You got Lamar Miller. Is Daniel Thomas isn't a free agent, is he? I don't think no, so. He, he, might does, be he doesn't matter. He might as well not be on the roster. He's freaking terrible. But how many more picks can you spend <laughs> on running backs? They they should be in the market for a free agent veteran. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Or at I least so. has tape <laughs> on I the agree. NFL level. They can't continue to draft running backs. Like Gillespie they drafted last year, right? Yeah. yeah. So maybe there's a role Miller, for him. But. Daniel Thomas, Marcus Thigpen, and uh, Gillespie. Gillespie, Whatever yeah. the hell his name is. Yeah, I mean, I could definitely see. I mean, like a guy like maybe an Andre Brown. He'd be perfect. Someone for like that. that. Team. That's what I'm thinking. You know, someone like that. You know, he doesn't have to carry the load, but if he needs to, he can. That's that's a guy I would look for. Another team with a lot of it is probably going to go on defense. Are the I Green would Bay say pa- almost all of it? Has Green to Bay go. Packers, thirty-four million dollars. Um, you know, they their offense is pretty. Awesome last you year. You know what you get from the Packers offense in fantasy right now. Like it's April right now, and barring any kind of crazy injuries or whatever, uh, those fantasy guys that you're looking at now are the same fantasy guys you're going to be looking at in September. I mean, you got Randall Cobb, Randall you got Jordy Cobb, Nelson, Jordy Nelson, Eddie amazing. Lacy, Eddie Lacy. There and is Aaron Rodgers. There is one potential fantasy explosion there, Boykin, and that's who. No, no, who comes in? <laughs> who comes in for Jermichael Finley? Yeah, because Finley will not be a Packer. No, he, he, won't. Andrew he won't play again in the NFL. But I I don't think so. I think they draft one. I think they draft a tight end. I mean, to. maybe not first round, but... <clears throat> if Jenkins I mean, winds up on the, the Packers, the Packers he's a top three pick for me in Dynasty. They're, they're tight ends on their roster already. He's in that conversation. You're thinking about it. Our Andrew Quarles, yeah, it's Quarles, right? Some yeah. Taylor and, some, and Stoneburner. It's kind of a yeah. cool name. Stoneburner. <laughs> I mean, that's. I mean, maybe they like those guys, but I mean, I think you have to. Oh, they're terrible. Are you kidding the, me? What the hell did you like about that? that Coral, Coral's has decent. Coral's he, has decent. Stuff, I, don't, I, I don't know what they think. Think of the guy. I mean, maybe some of the guys are on the practice squad they like, but you have to either bring in another veteran or draft a guy. But you have to add competition at that position. So right. that's something I would look for. From a fantasy wise, perspective, yes. you will track what happens with the Packers this offseason. Especially the tight end. But yeah. all the other positions, anyways, you lock down the running back. You know, they lock down. The two main wide receivers are locked down. You know, you got Boykin. <laughs> it's going to kick outside and move Randall Hobb into the slot when they go three wide. I mean, yeah. Um, next up, another $34 million, also in the NFC North, are the Minnesota Vikings. With Mike... Um, Mike Zimmer there, I'm imagining they're going to go pretty heavy on defense. They need a quarterback. I don't... No, they still have, I mean, Ponder on there. I mean, uh, hopefully, maybe North Turner can can kind of squeeze the... Uh, He's not really his quarterback, isn't it? He doesn't have the juice in the arm like North wants. And North <laughs> wants to push the ball down the field. I don't know. But more, North may have to curtail it just because I can see them... I mean, they already kind of do, right? They have to play heavy, heavy ball control. But they, Norv likes to run the ball, and he has Adrian Peterson. So I think Adrian Peterson could have is Gerhardt a resurgent by, uh, year. Free agent or He's is he, a free agent. Is he? he is a free agent. Oh, Toby Gerhardt. That's interesting. Yeah. I mean... I like him. It'd be, I think that's an interesting thing to look at. I mean, not just Toby Gerhardt, but the backup position in Minnesota. Yeah. Yep, that's something to keep an eye Adrian's on. Adrian's another year older. Mm-hmm. He, he's been known. He's been known to not finish years now, unfortunately. That's yeah, I mean, happened. he's still you know one of the best players, if not you know the best running back in the league. But you know, 
Father Time. It keeps up to nobody, you. Nobody outruns Father Time. <laughs> <laughs> um, next one, $30 million, the Washington Redskins. I don't know what they're going to do. 40-year uh, Skins fan. Most of them, uh, well, they do They do care because they want to talk about the team name. But um, <laughs> I would I would say mo- most of it will go for defense, but the Skins have two interesting fantasy situations on offense. One of them is the what we kind of touched upon in our other podcast, which I hope you listen to, <laughs> uh, that we'll be putting up. Um, what happens to Alfred Morris? You know, the, are they going to split that up? Are they going to bring in, you know, they have Halu there. Do they feel comfortable with Hulu as a third-down guy? Are they going to bring in a more traditional third-down guy? Jay Gruden is a brand-new coach. I don't know what players he's looking for for his scheme. And some guys, like, you know, they have the third-down back, the starter, and then the backup running back. And the different in the third-down back is not necessarily the backup. Right, right. You know what I mean? So there's that. It, you know, it depends on the team, obviously, and, and how it's structured. But There's a huge opportunity for Washington going forward in all kinds of f- f- uh, fantasy formats. At the wide receiver two position, absolutely, and the slot potentially the slot position is um Santana Moss free agent. Santana Moss is a free agent. The last uh, that they were tracking, he, they were trying to bring him back on a cheap deal, but they might let him go to a contender <laughs> to finish out his career. Uh, to be honest with you, we kind of talked about it off air, but if Andre Roberts, for example, from the free agent class somehow wound up in Washington, I could see that being amazing for him. Um, he has to play kind of inside, though. I don't know if he could be the two outside. The Skins have a lot of problems at wide receiver outside, so I could see them dropping some free agent money there, but they have a lot of holes on defense, so I don't know if the money's going to be there for them to do that. And what do they have draft pick wise? Do they have a lot of draft, draft picks? They, they, have a have, uh, they have the standard amount. They just Seven? don't have They just right, don't well, have good. a first round because of the Robert Griffin trade. So they have six. Yeah, but so no, I think have they have an extra. Amount. No, they do have the standard amount. It's just not. They still have the first round. There's an extra fourth or fifth or something. Uh, Compensatory, they'll probably get another one. Yeah, I mean that's interesting. So what? What about Jordan Reed? Is he he good? Is he is he going to be the tight end? I like Jordan Reed. He's another fascinating situation with them. I prefer that they lock him up. The problem that they won't lock him up is uh, more of an H back than a real tight end. But well, he can be dynamic. Um, I didn't wasn't exactly a huge fan of him when he got drafted, but he's proven me wrong. Is he, he, is he like a he Chris ha- Cooley? He's fast. He's faster than Chris Cooley. Really? He's more like a smaller Adrian Hernandez. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, he, a, minus, know, the, like minus two, the murder. Minus yeah. the murder. <laughs> I mean, he's like two thirty five, but right. he's like six two, six three. Yeah, he like came that. out of Florida. He played the same role that Hernandez played in college. Yeah. The, the issue with him, unfortunately, is injuries. He suffered a, a concussion, concussion, which yeah. kept him out for like five weeks, which is like the longest concussion. They just declared him healthy, I saw, right? Yeah. Like a couple weeks ago? He yeah. scares the hell out of me long term. They could definitely use uh, from drafting a, another tight end. And Fred but, Davis is suspended indefinitely. So well, he was a free back. agent. He and he's back. not coming back, he obviously. Coming yeah. Back, yeah. So. But it's interesting. So the Skins potentially have holes everywhere but running back. And the question with running back is whether Alf is still going to be a main guy or yeah. not. Um, some other guys. The team's quick. I don't think we need to dive too deep into it because this is kind of running long. We have um, the Cincinnati Bengals at twenty nine million. The one thing um, I would look at with the Bengals is the number two wide receiver. You know, is it going to be Sanu, Marvin Jones? Yeah. I mean, it's kind of a. That's it's an interesting. There's really nobody else. I mean, beyond that, beyond those guys. Yeah, they so. like the two tight end sets. It's they're 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 an odd team. I don't really get them. I think they're going to spend a lot on trying to resign some of their young guys. And keep them there. So I don't. And their offensive line isn't great. I don't see fantasy wise a lot of impact. 
in Cincinnati. I could see him maybe going for a running back to pay Ben Jarvis Green Ellis. Get a little younger there because he looked a little old and slow. But aside from that, I don't see a lot happening. Well, he was already slow, so he's just old. Yeah, but, I mean, he doesn't look, you know. Um, These three teams all have $25 million in cap space, and this is starting to get a little smaller, so they're not going to be as big of buyers. Um, we have the New York Jets, Philadelphia Eagles, and Atlanta Falcons all at Jets, $25 you know, million. You, you know each. Jets are going to look for a wide receiver. I mean, they you have know to. That for, so you, I mean, that is something to to look for. They they could actually do the trifecta. They could go out, get a quarterback like Michael Vick, although I don't think they will. They, they could. Um, but they could get some competition for Geno. They could get a wide receiver, and they could get a quarterback. They and could a hit, tight end. They could hit. <laughs> they don't yeah, have I a tight end. I mean, they I still, have, they they still the have Mark Sanchez on the roster, too, so don't. Uh, he'll probably get cut. From what I hear, he's getting cut. He's out. Yeah, I, hear, I heard he's, he's he's gone, which will actually increase their cap space a little more. Now, when you're leading I mean, their defense was actually really – yeah. Well, Stephen Hill, I heard they're ready to cut him. Yeah. Well, Jeremy Curley, because I mean, he's your best wide receiver. That's... Yeah, I mean, Stephen Hill, I you know, John Idzik, their GM, didn't draft him. So he's not tied to him. He, you know, if he, he doesn't shape up, I mean, I could see him getting – Getting the axe. Um, Philadelphia Eagles, this is where... I mean, they have signed a couple guys. Um, Kelsey got signed today. Also, uh, Riley Cooper got signed today. So Jason I Peters, don't know. They Jason, Peters Jason Peters got Peters. signed recently. So I don't know how accurate this number is, but if they have money to spend, they're a team that will probably spend it on the defensive side of the ball. And they're also doing the right thing in signing these guys, with the exception of Riley Cooper, because he just came on late this last year. They're doing the right thing and signing them a year before they go to free agency. You save so much money that way. And they are, so right now they are one of the smarter, they're one of the better run franchises in the league right mm-hmm. now. And with Chip Kelly, that's a scary <laughs> They They're process. a team that scares me next year. As another, as my favorite team being in the NFC, they would they scare me. Absolutely, I, because they, they, you know, Chip Kelly needs two years to put his players in there. He's already getting results with guys that he did not draft. So yeah, I mean, he, he had a pretty well, he had a nicely built team when he went in there, and he's just tweaking it to what he needs. You know, a little better defense, a little scary. Atlanta Falcons have a lot of. They're an aging team. <coughs> they're I don't think they spend. Yeah, I, mean, I don't know if they spend a lot in free agency. I, I, don't I, think I they mean, can. they don't have a lot to I think, do spend. I think they're going to go offensive line, but. I think they they need to get younger, so they're they not need to get buying a, they older. They need to get a, 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 a second running back, really. Yeah, I mean, well, they need. Yeah, yeah. Justin, I mean, Rogers is. I mean, you're not a fa- you're not a fan of the quiz. Are you gotta be oh, kidding me? All right. So two years ago, <laughs> I went to the Seattle Atlanta playoff game, and there's this dude behind me that all he would say is. Go, quiz, go! He would scream it into my fucking ear the whole goddamn game. It drove me absolutely nuts. So when everybody says Jacquez Rogers, that's what I think of this hick behind me saying, Go, quiz, go! Uh, Are you done? I didn't know this was there. Oh, my God. Sorry. I'm I mean, good. Right. Uh, I mean, I mean, I mean that, that would be something to, to look into because Steven Jackson obviously is no spring chicken, as they say. And uh, Jacquez, yeah, and you, Jason Snelling. I mean, come on. I'm thinking draft Roddy for running White. back. Uh, they, they're gonna they, they're gonna address a lot of that, I think, in the draft. They might. I could see, I could see them maybe getting a veteran blocking tight end in there. Yeah, no, I mean, but I but, think overall, if they're getting, if they're gonna dip into free agency, they're gonna go for the younger guys. They're not getting a 30-plus guy. They're no, just not. They can't. They have to start rebuilding that team and getting it younger. They're already starting to cut all those guys. 
you know, Asante Samuel's gone, you know, um, Babineau, their defensive tackle, he's gone. They, I mean, they have of, all these older guys. they got rid of Deku, which I was actually yeah. surprised about. You know, he may, yeah, he's pretty decent, but he makes some money, and he's, you know, he's, what, 29, you know. I, I don't know. I think that team's in transition, and I don't know what's happening. And now the next tier, the last two teams, um, the Bills and the Ravens, $22 million each. Ravens are going to be in the market for a wide receiver and maybe a second tight end like we were talking about on the other podcast. Maybe even a running back or an offensive lineman. Offense is going to happen there. Yeah, it has to. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's inter- There's interesting situation because a lot of teams have the possession wide receiver, but they don't have the, uh, the true number one lined up. Baltimore has got the luxury of having a true number one who also takes the top off of the defenses because Torrey Smith is a physical freak and will run down the field. So it's a little easier to put that second wide receiver in there. So whoever gets that second job, that could be like Anquan Bolden a few years ago. Yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, I don't know if they'll spend it, and I don't know if they have the room. I don't know what you know other free agents they have. I haven't dug into them too much, but I could see them getting Decker. I don't know if they want to spend that much money, but yeah, that would be an interesting fit. I think. I, I mean, think that's a good fit, though. I like that fit. Tim pointed it out a while ago. If like their number one offensive priority should be to rebuild that line. Yeah, absolutely. Their line's like garbage. Absolutely. And then the Bills, you know, they're a young team. I don't think they're dipping into free agency very much. They'd be best served I think they have a signing good, their own guys. Pretty good core. I general. think they should look at drafting a running back. Yes. Because Fred Jackson is the backup, and he's thirty-two-ish. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, and maybe, you know, their wide receiver, like Robert Woods, came on at the end of the year. Marquise Goodwin played all right. Yeah, I think you need to give those those guys room to breathe a little bit. Yeah. They they might need a tight end. I'd Chris or uh, not Chris Chandler. Um their tight end Chandler. Scott Chandler. Scott Chandler. Scott Chandler. He's a free, a free agent. agent. Yeah. yeah. So um maybe there. But 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 the thing with them though is that unfortunately they have a lot of young wide receivers to evaluate while you're trying to evaluate a young quarterback that they just drafted in the first round. So Last year, so that is an interesting. I could situation. see them. <laughs> I could see them rolling cap money into next year, in striking and free agency next year. Once they know what they have in a lot of positions. Yeah, I mean, Manuel's only going to get two years, because he's kind of like considered a borderline guy as it is. So he's only going to get the benefit of two seasons. I like yeah. him. I, I, I like him a lot. I don't know. He, I, I he, played, he played way better, better than I thought. Yeah, he. I thought he was going to be a disaster, and he played much better than I thought. You know, who knows if Spiller is healthy for an entire year. We're going to have a whole podcast on, on uh, C.J. Spiller at one point in the summer <laughs> so that you all can talk me out of him again. <laughs> so glad see. we went with Jamal Charles. <laughs> anyway, we are the uh, Art of Score. Check us out, um, artofscore.wordpress.com. On Twitter, Art of Score. Facebook, Art of Score. Changes to the website. Coming up sooner than later. Um, increased content, all kinds of good things going on. I hope to have um, some of what we talked about on today's podcast up in blog form. I want to do a mini combine review, which will be coming in a few days. And I'm going to probably talk over a... Um, and it, it, I, I have it half written up right now, and I have to just refine it a little bit, is um, how to audit your team, what the moves you made last year, and why were they good, why were they bad. Look them over. And uh, try not to make that same mistake twice. So that should be coming up too. On and blog. I will definitely try to put some blogs in myself. It's kind of hard. I'm kind of kind of busy, but I will definitely try to try to put some in there. So they'll, they'll all be ghost written by his daughter. <laughs> 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 all right. So we are the artist guard. This has been our combine review podcast. Till next time. <laughs> <laughs>